Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. number two of extra point right here on kdos am 1060 as always you can follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports it is monday it is april 17th we have plenty of nba to get into a fun weekend past and the playoffs will continue forward we'll also answer today's poll questions so let's reset the scene remind you what those poll questions are start with the kdos1060.com poll question uh how would you rank the sun's panic meter after game one loss to the clippers high moderate or low and maybe doug haller having a little bit of influence here because moderate has busted out of its tie 57 percent of the vote now high sitting at 43 percent and low still getting no votes all right now probably not a bad idea listening to doug he's a smart dude uh so good there you go and uh we'll see and uh i might have a similar vote later the hour me as well on twitter at kdos am 1060 uh should the cardinals trade buddha baker friday afternoon adam schefter reported that uh, buddha baker had asked the cardinals for a trade back in february or to become the highest paid safety once again so here are the choices yes or no and the masses remain firm in yes at 71.4 percent no trailing at 28.6 percent We'll dive into that around uh, 11.30 today. I'm seeing this here, and I would like to see it actually come from Ian Rappaport's Twitter account. But for now, apparently Ian has been on the Pat McAfee show saying that uh, his sources are telling him that the Ravens have offered quarterback Lamar Jackson a deal that includes $200 million guaranteed. This is, of course, on the heels of what's being reported today in regards to Jalen Hurts getting a five-year extension, $179 million guaranteed, $255 million total contract deal, and a no-trade clause. Yeah, who would you rather pay, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? Well, Jalen Hurts took a team to a Super Bowl. That would be correct. And he's shown tremendous improvement, including accuracy as a passer. Has Lamar Jackson done any of that? Uh, Not to the level that Jalen Hurts has shown. I don't think he's done it to any level. Uh, Yeah, He's won like one or two playoff games and his accuracy – whether it's the metrics people or just the eye test, his accuracy has not gotten better. And as I've continually pointed out, I could give a damn who his receivers are. You're, you're either accurate or you're not accurate. And uh, you know, I don't think that Odell Beckham Jr. can even make some of his circus catches with inaccurate throws. 
We'll get into a little bit more about all of that here as the show rolls on. Your calls today at 1115 if you'd like to join 602-260-1060. Let's go back to the weekend pass with the NBA playoffs. We'll start on Saturday. The 76ers beat the Nets 121-101. to Mikel Bridges, he was the guy for the Nets once again. 30 points, 12 of 18 from the floor. Cam Johnson added 18 points on 7 of 11. But the 76ers were just too much. Joel Embiid, 26.7 of 15. James Harden, this is an interesting stat line for him. 23 points. He was 7 of 13 from three. But overall for the game, he was just 8 of 21. So he just had one other bucket that was not uh, a three made, except for what he did at the foul line, of course, and 13 assists. But I think we both thought here that the 76ers just had too much size, uh, too much depth, and should be able to take care of business with the Nets. But they'll play again today at 430. Yeah, I think the Nets had the right strategy. They were going to you know, make sure that uh, Embiid was going to you know, not kill them, and uh, they dared the you know, basically dared the the Sixers to make shots, and the Sixers did. And uh, you know, one game sample, but you know, James Harden, who has not exactly had a stellar playoff career in his uh, NBA life, uh, the fact that he hit seven threes and. You know, I think he actually, I believe he led the NBA in assists during the regular season, so maybe the assists shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But the fact that he actually made some shots from distance in the postseason, uh, I'm sure that some Rockets fans are out there going, where the hell was that when we had him? Uh, today's line from this morning on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Nets plus 10, 76ers minus 10. That game tips off at 430. Celtics and Hawks. Hawks 99, Celtics 112. Celtics taking a 1-0 game lead here. This score was a lot closer than the game was. The Celtics had a 30-point lead at half. Robert Williams, 22 minutes off the bench, but if he's healthy, watch out for the Boston team. Jalen Brown, of course, filling up the buckets, 29 points. Jason Tatum doing the same, 25 points. Uh, I know you asked Kyle Irving this question who you had in the sports zone. Did the Hawks figure out anything in that uh, you know second half of the game to inch it closer after the 30-point blowout in, in the first half? I guess, did you think the Hawks learned anything or figured anything out about how to potentially attack? this Celtics team yeah I think they could have at least they did something I mean there were three games over the weekend that weren't exactly competitive and yeah I don't know if the the three teams that got blown out the Hawks the Nets and the Timberwolves last night I actually think the Hawks have the best chance to at least you know challenge at least a little bit in this series I'm not saying they're going to win I don't even think it's going to be if you know seven games or anything like that but you know, the fact that they at least got something accomplished in the second half after things were, you know, obviously, you know, they were down like 35 or something in this game in the second half. Uh, they did something at least to figure out something. I don't know if that's, you know, who knows, maybe the Celtics just quit playing hard. I'm sure that's part of it. But uh, I think there's at least some hope for the Hawks. And uh, needless to say, it'd be nice if they showed some hope tonight. Uh, the Hawks and the Celtics plus ten and a half. Hawks Celtics minus ten and a half. Over on to the Knicks and the Cavs. Knicks one hundred one. Cavs ninety seven. Knicks picking up a road victory here. And Julius Randle he played nineteen points in thirty four minutes. Jalen Brunson though continues to 
in a way, prove me wrong because he's been really good for the Knicks. Uh, 27 points in the Knicks bench was just better than the Cavaliers bench. Donovan Mitchell, though, of course, uh, he's always the stud for the Cavs and it's been figuring out who can step up around him. 38 points, 14 of 30 from the floor. Also, out uh, rebounding was a key factor. The Knicks, 51 rebounds to the Cavs, 38. Yeah, I actually think that Mitchell's, you know, what do you have, 30 field goal attempts, you just said, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark? That's too many. And the fact that, uh, you know, Mobley and Allen weren't involved at all, I think they're better off if uh, Mitchell shoots less and those guys get the ball more. Uh, that game will be tomorrow, 4.30 p.m., currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Knicks plus five, Cavs minus five. Uh, then you roll into the game that did not disappoint, the Warriors and the Kings. It rounded out things on Saturday night, the Kings with a 126-123 to victory. Uh, and like I said, this game lived up to the hype. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, 38 points, and Malik Monk, 32 points in 29 minutes off the bench for the Warriors. Steph Curry, 30 points. Clay added 21. And Andrew Wiggins, when we were trying to figure out, you know, they said 20 to 25 minutes for him coming off the bench. He ended up with 28 and 17 points off the bench. Yeah, and he ended up getting some really key looks at the end of the game, which, you know, I thought that the wrong guy was shooting. You know, the guy's been gone for two months. And he's, you know, taking key shots at the end of the game, especially on that team when they've got other people that should be taking the key shots. So that that, that was, uh, you know, definitely uh, the substitution rotation for Steve Kerr in this game was also interesting. And uh, I know it was criticized quite a bit in the Bay Area in the last 24 hours. And I, I'm on uh, the side of the Bay Area people criticizing Kerr. And uh, a guy that's been a tremendous coach in the Hall of Famer, I assume, at uh, whenever. Uh, but you know, I thought this was not Steve Kerr's best moment as a coach. You mentioned uh, Fox and Monk. Uh, the Warriors could not keep those guys out of the paint and away from the rim. Those guys kind of did what they wanted when they wanted to. And uh, the Warriors, uh, you know, really for the first you know, 30 minutes of this game. They had a 10-point lead, uh, you know, winding down at the end of the third quarter. And some interesting substitutions from Kerr uh, helped get the Kings back in the game by the end of the third quarter. And the Kings, the inexperienced Kings, really dominated the fourth quarter against the experienced Warriors. So we'll see what happens tonight. Is that tonight in game two? It or is whenever tonight. they play game two. Okay. So tonight we'll see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, you know, the Warriors. Uh, they, they've uh, never. You know, they. they that's the first. Uh, that the. I think it might be the first time they've lost a game one for you know, a really long time of a series. So we'll see how they respond in game two. And you know they've been, you know, road warriors. You know, pun completely intended by me. But been road warriors uh, in their. You know their championship runs. They win. They've won a road series. I believe in every one of the road series they played during the championship run. Is it possible, though, that uh, there could have been any more speed and pace to this game? I mean, we talked about uh, how fast the Kings play, and it seems like they were able to take it up a notch at different times throughout Saturday's ballgame. Yeah, I don't think we're too surprised about this, though, because these two teams play they, you know, amongst the highest paces in the league. They're in the top 10 of the league in fast break points. Uh, you know, they're in the top two or three points per game. 
Uh, bench scoring, uh, they're really good in those areas. So pretty much anything offense for these two teams they're good at. So I can't imagine the pace is going to change, and it doesn't seem like either coach wants to slow it down. Uh, so I would assume it's going to be frantic. And, you know, the uh, the Kings, to me, was the biggest surprise is they made the plays in the fourth quarter. That's the first time that most of those guys have ever been in a playoff game. And the Warriors didn't. And, yes, you know, Sabonis was awful. Mm-hmm. And, and the Kings still won the game. Yeah, Sabonis did not have a good offensive game. He contributed with some rebounding. But one of the things that we discussed with Matt George when he joined us on Friday about the atmosphere, uh, I think we can safely say that the atmosphere was in favor of the Kings. Agreed, but I still think there were a lot of Warriors fans there. I mean, when the Warriors scored, you could hear a lot of people more than you usually hear in a road arena. Uh, so, you know, they were, you know, fanatical towards the Kings because they hadn't played in a home playoff game forever. But, you know, you, there was a lot of noise going on there when the Warriors – when the Warriors were up 10, uh, I don't think you exactly thought it was a Warriors home game, but you could hear their fans at that point. And, you know, from that point on, they pretty much got run off the floor. Overall, though, I think it was a great game one. Uh, it certainly had that entertainment value. It was a lot of fun, and you could see – just the difference in playoff basketball. True. I mean, I was actually pretty disappointed, quite frankly, over the playoff weekend. This game was great, but between the games that we already I talked about, the three teams that didn't really much have have much of a chance, and you know the fact that you know you know Giannis and Morant got injured yesterday. Uh, the uh, unfortunately the Saturday Sunday you know collection of games. Not this. You know, not even thinking about the Suns here, but. I was really kind of disappointed in the way that the weekend went as far as quality basketball. Uh, Well, we'll table the Sunday slate of action and some of those injuries as well for the other side of the break. We'll also take your calls if you'd like to hop aboard. 602-260-1060 is the number. Uh, Give us a call now and we'll get to you on the other side of the break. The number 602-260-1060. We'll continue diving into Sunday's NBA slate of games. And unfortunately, as you mentioned there, Bob, some key injuries here. So hopefully we'll have uh, some resolution to these injuries and it won't be long impacting. So we'll find out uh, all about that next right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is the Extra Point. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Eleven twenty-two, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty. It is Monday. It is April seventeenth. Six zero two two sixty ten sixty. If you'd like to join, chime into the show, voice your opinion about the Suns falling to the Clippers in Game One, or any of the other NBA action. Let's continue on with the Sunday games. But first, 
I wholeheartedly agree with Charles Barkley, who opened up uh, talking about the games on TNT for why on earth were the Nuggets playing at 10.30 p.m. Eastern? And because the Suns game had gone long, it definitely didn't start at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. You had an opportunity to uh, start these games earlier, and you should want as many people as possible to be able to watch the action. And of course, for the fans themselves uh, in the Denver area, just to enjoy the game at a more reasonable hour. Yeah, I think the Denver part's the key here. I mean, it started at 8.30 Denver time, right? So, you know, we've seen, we've had playoff games here start at 8.30 in the past, and we kind of get that, but uh, seems absurd. But, uh, you know, the NBA, you know, they've done a pretty good job marketing their product over the years. So um, I have no idea why they didn't play yesterday before noon hour time. You know, they started at 10 o'clock on, Sunday, on Saturday morning would seem to be a pretty logical thing to do the next day also. And I'm sure Barkley was also pissed off because he had to stay in the studio till like 1 o'clock Eastern time. I mean, I'm sure there was probably some personal motivation for the comment, but... Uh, right. He's getting paid a lot of money to sit in the studio to whenever. Whenever they want you there, just shut up and show up and actually... Do- I wish he would shut up, but... Uh, He's not going to do that either. I'm not a big Barkley fan, needless to say. We'll start with the Sunday games, the noon game, Lakers and the Grizzlies. Lakers on top, 128 to 112. Uh, What you thought could happen to start this game is exactly what did happen with some size advantage for the Lakers, uh, getting some easy dunks in transition, some rebounds as well without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies. In fact, uh, the Lakers out-rebounded the Grizzlies 45 to 34, 10 offensive boards to to six offensive boards. But of course, the big story here is John Morant's health after suffering his hand injury. X-rays did come back negative, according to head coach Taylor Jenkins, but Morant himself said that he's in a bit of pain and game two uh, potentially is in jeopardy. Yeah, I'm not going to dispute Durant's, you know, talking about himself. I mean, that looked like a bad injury. I mean, he's been, I think, a drama queen uh, would be a term I would use in the past. He's had some injuries during games before, and he's like, you know, looked like he's not going to ever come back. You wonder if he's ever going to play again. Like two minutes later, he's playing. Uh, But this looked like a really bad injury. and wouldn't surprise me if he were out for a while, but uh, we'll see how this goes. But this was a really important game for Memphis in a lot of ways. They're so dominant at home. They're 35-6 and six at home during the regular season. And this, even after Morant left, you know, it was 113-112. to 112, uh, And they gave the Lakers got the last 15 points of the game. Yes. Uh, So certainly what we've maybe seen from the Grizzlies in in playoffs before reared its head again. Uh, And maybe we do have to start giving some credit to the Lakers, but they are just such a unique team here because obviously they made some trades. Those trades are starting to pan out, Uh, finding some time to get that chemistry together. We saw what they did in the play in round. And so you thought to yourself, okay, who is this Lakers team? But then they came out and expressed uh, uh, you know, some dominance and that maybe we should be paying a little bit more attention to them. Well, I take the other side of this, actually. I mean, even with all the things going against Memphis, they still was 113 to 112 with like two minutes to go. And then the Lakers just blitzed them. And, you know, there was some serious quit for uh, Memphis at that point, too, which helped uh, result in that you know, scoring binge at the end of the game. 
then you know the fact that uh, this is just a really bad matchup for Memphis uh, at this point without the two big guys, Adams and, and you mentioned Clark. I think Clark has kind of not been talked about enough nationally. We're certainly aware of him locally, uh, having a local background, but you know, they've got no chance in this series really uh, without those two dudes. And accordingly, I saw some odds last night that the, saw the Lakers as high as three to one favorites now to win the series after one game, uh, and two and a half into one seems to be the consensus. And uh, you know, there's. Yeah, even even without the Morant, if Morant's healthy, I mean, I just I don't know how they can possibly, you know, stop the uh, you know inside game. Not just you know obviously Davis, but you know LeBron certainly does his work in the paint and at the rim also. I don't know how they can possibly defend in this series. Uh, they won't play again until Wednesday, however, so that could give some time for John Morant and whatever he's dealing with with his hand to feel a little bit better and ready to go for the Grizzlies. When it comes to the Heat and the Bucks, the Heat beat the Bucks as the eight, uh, eight seed, 130 to 117. The big story here, Giannis leaving early with a lower back tailbone injury. Budenholzer says the x-ray came back clear. Uh, Giannis has dealt with several injuries this season ranging from his knee to his wrist to his quad so we'll have to see more on his status but that fall did not look good no it did not i mean that's one of those words you kind of hurt yourself when you watch him you know take the spill and yeah this was a you know the guys the good news bad news day for the bucks is this the first time all season at least they said this on the air so i assume this is accurate First time all season that Middleton didn't have any minutes restriction for him at all. Uh, so you thought, oh, this is the best possible news the Bucks could get. And they didn't make it out of the first quarter without Giannis going down. Uh, also, you know, Hero got hurt for, uh, for Miami. He's a really big part of their team, and he's out for a very long time. I'm guessing he's out for maybe the rest of the playoffs, no matter how long they go. Uh, he's got a broken you know, shooting hand. Our fingers on the shooting hand. I can't imagine that's going to get any better anytime soon. So it's not like Miami got uns- came out of this unscathed. But uh, you know, I still think the you know I'm assuming that Giannis comes back at some point. You know, this is the one game, one victory by a team, the Heat, that I don't necessarily automatically think, "Ooh, they're on their way now." Uh, I think that everything they made a they made a bunch of threes. They almost never make threes. They're a really bad offensive team. In fact, they're the worst offensive team in the playoffs based on the regular season numbers. They made shots yesterday, so I don't even know if it meant really. I don't think it would have made that much of a difference, quite frankly, if Giannis actually played the entire game. The Heat were just making shots that they normally don't make. To your point there, the Heat, who don't normally fill it up from three, they were 15 of 25 from downtown. So uh, that kind of barrage can certainly take you out of your game if you're the Bucks. For Jimmy Butler, 43 minutes, 35 points, 11 assists. Bam Adebayo, 22 points on 10 of 18. Chris Middleton, he shouldered the load with 33 points on 12 of 20 from the floor. And then Bobby Portis, uh, the fans love him and you know, just trying to do his best there in 27 minutes off of the bench, 21 good, points. Yeah. Yeah, he's usually just a thug to me, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he made some he made some hoops and uh, yeah, they made it run in the fourth quarter there, and he had plenty to do with that. Uh, they'll next play on Wednesday as well. As for the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. 
This was not a contest. Nuggets on top, 109 to 80. Uh, Jamal Murray, 24 points on 9 of 22. Jokic, uh, he didn't he didn't need to do a whole lot. 13 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. Towns started really slowly, and he only ended up making five of 15 from the floor for 11 points. So this certainly. Um, not If you're the Timberwolves, this is not the way you wanted to get things started. If you're the Nuggets, this is exactly what you wanted to do. Uh, set the tone for game one and try to make early work to preserve yourself for the playoffs as they move forward. Yeah, I watched almost none of this game, uh, partly because, you know, as, you know, the Suns had just finished and I was watching all the Suns press conferences and the you know, the Memphis, not the Memphis, the uh, Clippers press conferences. So, it's, by the way, little tip for you all out there, which I mention every year, that uh, NBA TV has all these press conferences. So, you know, if you want to watch any of these press conferences after games are over, that's your place to go. And uh, if you really follow this closely, uh, maybe even bet on this, you should be paying attention to that. Uh, so I, I watched you. By the time I actually started paying a little bit of attention to this game, there, there was like a 25-point differential. So, you know, I probably wouldn't have learned anything I had. I actually watched it. They next play on Wednesday as well, so I haven't seen any lines out for those particular contests. On the other side of the break, we'll get into poll questions. We'll answer the KDOS1060.com poll question dealing with the Phoenix Suns and the Twitter poll question at KDOSAM1060 in regards to the Arizona Cardinals and Buda Baker. Still time for you to cast your vote, and we'll answer it on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOSAM1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Download the app today, register, and follow along for your chance at a $100 gift certificate to uh, anywhere, but it's coming to you from Superbook Sports. That's all happening here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Eleven thirty-six, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty in the extra point on this Monday, April seventeenth. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro, with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Following the Suns' game one loss to the Clippers, one fifteen to one ten Sunday night. Here's the inspiration for the KDOS ten sixty dot com poll question: How would you rank the Suns' panic meter after the game one loss to the Clippers? High, moderate, or low panic and inspiration interesting thought process there okay um i would go moderate here um it's a game one of a seven game series the suns obviously didn't show up to begin the game trailed by 16 in the first half yeah recovered enough that they led by nine in the third quarter and i to me the game actually really changed in the last three minutes and nine seconds of the third quarter uh, when they got you know badly outscored, you know they had you know Makogi, Wainwright, and Landau were on the floor at that time. They got outscored 11 to four in that quarter. The third quarter ended then tied. The game was tied at 81, 
And to me, that's where the game was lost. You know, I know that the Suns also got outplayed badly at the end of the game. They got outscored 15-9 to to end the game. Uh, so really, the end of the third quarter, end of the fourth quarter, Suns got crushed. And you start, if you consider the way that they started the game, pretty bad. But I would say that I'm going moderate here because I just don't know how they really change a whole lot of the the bench production. And that's something I talked about from the second that this trade was made for Durant is that, you know, how's this going to work defensively? And I don't think it's worked out terribly well defensively in some cases. And uh, certainly did not work out defensively last night. And, uh, you know, the, the Clippers, you know, they've got some dudes that can score other than Leonard. And uh, unfortunately, those guys, you know, Powell and and obviously Gordon. And, uh, you, know, you know, they made some really key shots down the stretch. And those two guys specifically, uh, Powell and Gordon, as I mentioned last Friday when we did our, I guess, kind of official series preview, those two guys have a good history against the Suns, no matter what teams they are playing for, and uh, they've all they both played for a handful of teams in the in the NBA, and they seem like they've always been good against the Suns. And in Gordon's case, really good in this building uh, in uh, downtown Phoenix. So I'm also on the moderate side of things here. I mean, obviously, losing in the fashion that they did is not great news, but I didn't see anything that I said, oh, wow, this team is just completely outclassed. Like, it just comes down to, you know, you have to start start off stronger. You have to start off faster. Uh, you know, question marks here are, you know, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker going to shoot as bad as they did in the first quarter? Is Kevin Durant going to be held scoreless in the first quarter again? I would have to say that history says no that's not going to happen uh maybe at this point as well uh there's going to make some adjustments that kevin durant will be a little bit more aggressive looking for his shot as opposed to uh you know as doug haller pointed out making the great basketball play and passing but maybe that wasn't what we're looking for from kd to be kd uh in addition to that i i also think that there's going to be ways that they can try to handle their rotations differently and scheme up different ways to be able to try to get some easier looks for Kevin Durant and Booker. I'm hoping that Chris Paul plays a little bit better because I, I this was one of the things that I thought was going to also need to happen is that he's going to have to be ready to shoot and shoot well and I know that there were several opportunities where his mid-range shots looked good and they just didn't fall so hopefully those shots start to fall a little bit more for him uh, and then just the the hustle plays obviously you know that what Russell Westbrook is going to be bringing the intensity he's going to be trying to do everything he can to disrupt you uh, maybe in a way uh, what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball, helping the Suns stay in ball games with shooting as many times as he did and missing as many times as he did. He's making up for it in other areas, in other ways. So you have to be ready for him. So I'm just going to say moderate. It certainly showed and exposed some weaknesses. It showed some areas where they need to tighten things up. And I don't know that we were totally um, – you know, I know that maybe you and I were not thinking that this was just going to be a four-game sweep. Obviously, you hoped that they were going to come in and uh, take game one, and you just feel better about things when you have game one in your back pocket. So I think a little bit of a cause for concern, so I'm just on the moderate side. Yeah, with you, I will say one thing is that you know, I don't think the bench situation is going to really change tremendously. I just think that they have an inferior bench against almost anybody they're going to play in the playoffs. However, 
the lack of effort that they had really from the start of the game. And, uh, yeah, there was a play in the first quarter. I wish I remembered and had a note here. I just tried to look and see if I had a note of this, and I don't. But there was a play in the first quarter. The only one of my first impressions of the game was uh, the Suns had like you know, three guys around the ball, and Westbrook just beat them all to the ball, all of them. Uh, and uh, so I think that was kind of a – I don't know if that necessarily set the tone, but it seemed like that every loose ball – if Westbrook did not get the loose ball, a Clipper did get the loose ball. They just played harder. The masses are now back into a 50-50 split between high and moderate and low, once again, receiving no votes for the day. That's the KDOS1060.com poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, should the Arizona Cardinals trade Buda Baker? Uh, this is, of course, stemming from Friday's report from Adam Schefter that uh, uh, Buda Baker had sought a trade from the Cardinals, asked for it back in uh, February, or to become the highest paid safety once again. Uh, I am on the yes side of things here. If you're going to embrace the rebuild, which I think is something they absolutely have to do, then yes, move on from Buddha. Let Buddha go compete his tail off somewhere else. Uh, I know that you want him here. He's a cornerstone piece. We've heard what Monty Austinfort uh, said about him when he took this job about Buddha Baker being what they want this organization to be about. But I think that you could actually probably get more for him in return to help the overall roster construction. I know that it stinks because... If you're looking for a voice and a leader, where are you going to get that voice and that leader from? Because that certainly has been Buda Baker. Also, he's a bit of a fan favorite. So are you going to have any sort of draw and attention to the games in this process here? But I think if you're looking at the construction of the team, how many different pieces you need to plug in, fill the holes, uh, moving on from Buda Baker would certainly be a good start. Yeah, I'm obviously not as big a Buda Baker fan as others. I am a fan of him as a human being and the way that you know, he brings it and so forth. I think he's a really uh, he's a good player. He's not nearly as good a player as a lot of people in this community think. I think he's a really good player at the line of scrimmage, either blitzing the quarterback or especially stopping the run. Not good in pass defense, and I don't think that's going to get better as his career gets longer. Uh, so we'll see. But I think the, the Cardinals would be crazy and completely wrong if they did not trade Buda Baker. They've got you know, the draft upcoming. I can't imagine that there are teams out there that would be very interested in him. The Cardinals need to add as much capital as they can in this draft and as, add as many players as they can in this draft, whether it be maybe a veteran player which I doubt, but certainly draft picks, whether it's trading down from the third spot, or I, I actually think the timing of this, you know, Baker, Baker supposedly asked for this trade in like February, that's fine. But the fact that it's actually out there publicly now, which I'm guessing was part of the bake, team Baker, let's get that out there and let the uh, entire NFL know that he's available. This, the, uh, the Cardinals should get all kinds of, I think, really – interesting offers and they should be able to make a really good deal to trade him before or during the draft yeah i think for me 
hearing this come out on Friday with, you know, a little bit less than two weeks to go for the draft signifies to me that the Cardinals don't want to move on from him. So absolutely, Team Baker is putting it out there saying, hey, uh, this is something that we would be interested in, potentially force their hand that an offer comes through that is something that they can't pass up. Uh, so with that, I was looking into what some other safeties have been traded for. If you look recently, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, with the Eagles was requi- acquired from the Saints with a 2025 seventh-round pick and a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. So three different picks there, all later rounds for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Quandre Diggs with the Seahawks was acquired from the Lions for a 2020 fifth-round pick. Diggs was also in that trade with a 2021 seventh-round pick, so again, later rounds. But if you look at a Jamal Adams, was sent to Seattle with a 2022 fourth-round pick. The Jets received a 2021 first-round pick, 2021 third-round pick, 2022 first-round pick, as well as safety Bradley McDougal. And Minka Fitzpatrick, a 2020 fourth-round pick and a 2021 seventh-round pick to the Steelers. The Steelers sent the Dolphins a 2021 first-round pick, a 2020 fifth-round pick, and a 2021 sixth-round pick. So with all of that in mind, I think a first-rounder is possible. I would be shocked if they got a first-rounder. But uh, I think the fact that the Jamal Adams thing has been such a disaster, uh, I would be surprised at that. You know, I think that... uh, you know, the, the same reminds me of the, you know, the Hopkins was supposedly going to get them a first round pick and that's never going to happen. Uh, you know, like differences, obviously Baker's younger, but you know, they're, you know, I think it's kind of hard to compare some of those guys you mentioned because they're kind of like slot cover guys more than they are really anything else. But certainly Chauncey, you know, you know the Gardner guy uh, is more of a, you know, slot guy and you know, probably the, he might be the best slot, slot cover guy in the league, however, but, uh, you know, I think it's – I would be really, really surprised if they got a first-round pick for him. But, you know, at this point, the Cardinals would be completely – you know, the way that they, they're, they're rebuilding this team, whether they want to say it publicly or not, from scratch. And if they do not trade him before or during the draft, they're you know, kind of contradicting what we've seen as far as everything they've done so far since Austin Fort became the uh, – became the general manager. Now I'm in favor of them starting over, but you know, if they do not trade Baker, yeah, you know, what are they doing here? They should trade him. There was one person that tweeted into the show in regards to this at KDOS AM 1060. Other thoughts, unfortunately, yes, emotionally, he's already out the door. So get what you can for him. Him wasting his career in Arizona would be sad. They owe him that much. I think that's accurate. I, I, I would like to, uh, written that that's pretty good i would have liked to have written that and mentioned i should have said that like five minutes ago <laughs> so we'll find out what happens there obviously the draft uh, round number one is taking place april 27th round two uh and three april less than two weeks i know Woo. april 28th and then of course uh rounds uh, four through seven, April 29th. So fast approaching here. And then, of course, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, too. Uh, he wants a trade. He tweeted out Sunday afternoon, quote, Hopkins doesn't want to raise. And then he uh, put in there Nuck, which is his nickname. So he's saying that he's quoting himself. But then that tweet ended up being deleted by Sunday night. So 
things are always playing out via social media. No value out there for Hopkins in the trade market. And as Field Yates was way ahead of everybody weeks ago, he said the third round picks the best they could get for Hopkins. We will wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. April 17th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else to the cracks. Also, our guest today uh, around the NBA with Kyle Irving of the Sporting News. We went through every... Uh, Game from the weekend with Kyle, some more than others. And we also talk Suns, of course, with Doug Haller. Covers the Suns and uh, Valley Sports for The Athletic. Sound of the day courtesy of Valley Sports Arizona, Fox, TNT, ESPN, WDAE, and WFAN with the John Sterling call of the uh, Garrett Cole complete game over the weekend. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams, unfortunately not able to air, so they'll be back on Saturday. And then James Out West is tonight from 7 to 8 o'clock. When it comes to ASU baseball, they split the series with the University of Washington. Sunday's game was rained out. Uh, They'll play again against U of A on Wednesday. First pitch, 6 p.m. right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app. If you're thinking to yourself, well, Dugout Chatter usually airs on Wednesday nights, but there's a game airing at 6 o'clock. That's correct. Dugout Chatter this week will move to Thursday at 7 o'clock. The Suns next play Tuesday night game two, hosting the Clippers 7 p.m. on Valley Sports Arizona. As for tonight, the Arizona Diamondbacks are at St. Louis taking on the Cardinals 4.45 p.m. on Valley Sports Arizona. Merrill Kelly versus Jack Flaherty. Um, Merrill Kelly, he pitched well in his last outing. Didn't get the win, though. Uh, What are you looking to see from Merrill Kelly tonight i'm not sure i mean there's early lineup out there for this game already and goldschmidt's not in the lineup i'm not sure what's going on if he's hurt or what the deal is with him but uh you know this is a really early lineup needless to say that game doesn't start for many hours maybe it's just an erroneous early lineup uh but uh, we'll see also there was speculation say 10 days ago that adam wainwright would be making his uh, debut uh, for the season he started the season on the injured list got hurt during wbc or in the preparations of the wbc i don't remember which but he was supposed to pitch for the team usa and was able uh, to fill the uh, complete obligation there 
but Wainwright had an he had a you know, basically he had a setback in his rehab and in fact I just saw a few minutes ago he's had a setback in his rehab stint which was supposed to be either tonight or tomorrow night and it got moved back another day. He, bottom line, Wainwright will not be pitching for the Cardinals in this series against the Diamondbacks and their starting pitching so far has been a disaster. Uh, not good at all and uh, that's the biggest reason why I think the Cardinals, at least for me. Uh, they're the biggest disappointment in baseball two-plus weeks into the season. Appears here that Marcus Spears, according to the New York Post, has inked a new four-year deal with ESPN. You can see him in usual roles on NFL Live, First Take, Get Up, and then also did not know this, he has a podcast with Kendrick Perkins, Swagoo and Perk, the podcast. I'm sure you're a frequent yeah. listener of that one. I'm not a frequent listener. I actually like both those guys, but I just uh, there's too many podcasts in the world, and I got to try to you know figure out how to reduce those. And I'm not doing a particularly good job of that as it is. And now since I can't pay attention to the NBA again, since the regular season, thank God, is over with, uh, I got to figure out how to you know, duck in an NBA podcast here and there too. So I'm over over. God bless the podcast world, but I'm kind of oversaturated and trying to figure out what to choose. Uh, this is coming in here now as Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is meeting with reporters. Uh, so yesterday he had told reporters that the X-ray came back clean. Now he is telling reporters that the MRI on Giannis has come back clean as well. So we'll just have to figure out uh, what that means for Giannis and and how how well he can handle the pain tolerance that he'll be going through uh, in anticipation ahead of. But I don't think they play again until Wednesday, so he'll have some time. The other thing is that I think was kind of lost in the shuffle, and I understand it with the Giannis injury, but you know, Middleton was, you know, he did not have a minutes restriction yesterday for the first time in any game this year, at least according to the broadcast team before that game started. Only two games in the NBA playoffs today, it's the Nets and the 76ers at 4.30 and then the Warriors and the Kings at 7 o'clock tonight. So we'll see if Warriors and Kings can live up to what we saw game one here in game two tonight. Hopefully that was fun game one. I lost money, but it was if you know, it wasn't fun losing money. But, you know, if they had 10, the Warriors had a 10-point lead in the third quarter and I thought Steve Kerr made some bizarre substitution changes and that helps swing the game to the Kings. As always, thank you for listening to The Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. You can podcast if you missed any of the guests and our content over at KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS 1060 app or on Apple and Spotify. Have yourselves a fantastic Monday. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp with you tomorrow. 